Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. So, I came across a term, pretty interesting term. It's a slang term. Uh, and the term is snowflake. Snowflake, my understanding is, is generally used for uh, a younger generation, which would be younger than millennials, maybe, or maybe part of the millennials, which would be 35 and under. And it's a derogatory term, meaning someone who is emotionally unstable, who can't take any kind of pressure, any kind of change, any kind of opposition, uh, any kind of emotional situation without snapping and just melting. They're a very delicate individual. Now, I'm not sure if I agree with that term. Number one, I don't like terms like that necessarily. People use them. But to me, it's too easy to broad brush people with terms like that. But I did want to throw in on this one thought. How are your emotions? Where are you? in the spectrum do you get upset easy now I say that because you know and because I'm an extremely emotional person um you know very passionate about a whole lot of stuff and uh I tend to uh get very very animated when I'm talking about certain things with friends and they'll go whoa 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 you know back off LA you're getting a little you're getting a little out of control because the arms you know and the hands and uh, you know I, I tend to talk with the whole body kind of thing so let me say first that I'm a super emotional person uh, the uh, the issue is what do you do with them? One theologian I ran across suggested that God does not expect us to control our emotions necessarily. In other words, and by that he means, you know, you can't just tell yourself if you're mad, okay, um, stop being mad. Or if you're in love, you can't just tell yourself, okay, well, I'm stop being in love right now. You can't do it. Because we're emotional beings. God made us this way. And that's what he meant when he said that we really, God doesn't necessarily expect us to control that. Now, what he does expect us to control is our behavior in relation to those emotions. Which is really what Jesus did. I mean, if you, if you read the Gospels every day, chance there's like an opportunity now the one who's super emotional and it's not so good as, at controlling is peter that's why i kind of you know everybody loves peter for that because he's just off the chart 
but controlling our behaviors. That led me to another term I found pretty interesting. And that has to do with emotional intelligence. That is a, that's a term now that uh, people are throwing around. In fact, employers are using that on, they're doing little emotional intelligence tests to see how you control your emotions and if you run into this situation, what would happen? You know, do you like to work with other people to see if uh, they can find someone who has uh, some emotional intelligence because uh, they believe that someone who has a high emotional intelligence can actually control themselves and control their emotions better. Now, uh, according to Psychology Today, uh, emotional intelligence refers to, I'm reading here, emotional intelligence refers to the ability to identify and manage one's own emotions as well as the emotions of others. Now, end quote. So, in general, emotional intelligence includes uh, being aware of your emotions, first of all. And then having the ability to harness those emotions and apply them to tasks. And then the ability to actually manage your emotions. In other words, regulate them. Now, uh, there's kind of separate thought processes on this thing. And, by the way, um, Jesus was a Jewish person. And, you know, that sounds kind of silly to say it like that, but he was. And if you've been around many Jewish people, you know, they're very passionate. I don't want to say emotional, because everybody's emotional. And I don't want to say over-emotional, because they're not. They're just more passionate in, in some ways. They're very animated individuals. I love that. Partially because, of course, maybe because I'm that way. But the uh, super good, super good at uh, channeling that. When someone thinks about controlling their emotions. Uh, a lot of times they think of uh, Mr. Spock in the Star Trek series. Now, whether you're looking at the uh, the new ones, uh, the newer Star Trek movies with Chris Pine in them, or some of the older ones, it doesn't matter. Mr. Spock is Mr. Spock. So Mr. Spock is very controlled. His emotions are all... But... but what was fascinating is um, is that originally, number one, the reason those characters, or that particular character, Mr. Spock, who was an alien race called Vulcan, all right, controlled was because they were so passionate. If they didn't, they would just go crazy and just destroy stuff. So, controlling emotions by being emotionless. Uh... I don't think that's what God's getting at. Now, interesting, though, uh, the 
person who originally played Mr. Spock, Leonard Nimoy, was Jewish. He was Reformed Jewish. And the hand sign that he made was actually a Jewish hand sign. It's the uh, the sign that, uh, or a variation, excuse me, of the sign that rabbis used to bless things. So, let me get back on track a little, a little, uh, a little further. So, the idea of emotional intelligence came out uh, in a book called "Emotional Intelligence: Why It Can Matter More Than IQ." And it was in 1995 by Daniel Coleman. Sounds like a Jewish man to me. But here's the thing. There's a whole generation that is being accused of being too emotional. Or at least having people in it, or a large number of people, who are too emotional. Hence the term snowflake. So where am I going with this? Your emotional anchor has got to be rooted in God. Now, why is that? That sounds easy. You know, what a what a trope. Look at Ephesians for me, because really, emotional maturity or emotional intelligence for the believer is summed up in another word called maturity. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul is talking to the Ephesians to explain a few things about hey, um, Here's what we're looking for. Here's what God wants for you in your life because it'll help you. And here's what God has done for you. So, Ephesians 4.11, and this is the ESV, says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. And that's verse 14. Let me go to this idea. So that we may no longer be children. Now, what did he do? He gave us ministers. He gave us ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, it's shepherds and teachers, but that's essentially pastors, what he's talking about. And it's he gave them to the church, he gave them to us, to help equip us. That's supposed to be their job. 
their ministry is to help us do our ministry. And it says, for the building up of the body of Christ. Now, it says here, to mature manhood, but of course, womanhood would work as well. No problem with that. But here's the primary idea. So we may no longer be children. When someone, when someone trusts Jesus, they're born into the kingdom of God. When you're born into the kingdom of God, however you want to look at it, you're born a baby, spiritually, young. And Paul mentions that metaphor, which is an example, okay, because you're new, you know, uh, novice, greenhorn, however you want to look at it, apprentice. <laughs> You're new. So there are things you have to learn. But maturity, maturity is what we're looking for. Why? Because normally when you don't have maturity, then wild behavior occurs. Oh, believe me. And it occurs in churches a lot. Just as easy as it does anywhere else. A lot of times, uh, I've I've found people who are not mature spiritually, uh, and it kind of matches their personality, sort of. But you try to talk reason to them, and they get crazy and yell and shout and stuff like that. You would say they don't control their emotions. The Spirit of God can help us with that, if we'll let Him. If you'll ask Him. Striving to be more mature. I would say, maturity, one sign of it would be something that they call emotional intelligence. Only I would like to call it spiritual intelligence. Because if you have that, and you mature in Christ, in God, you have the Spirit of God helping you control. You have an extra measure in there. Now, do you do it all the time? Probably not. Everyone's different. I still get pretty crazy animated sometimes, and when I get upset at something, you know, but praise God, I don't do it as often as I used to. Because he's working on me with that. But it's super important, though. I've found, and this is why I think they emphasize emotional intelligence. The more emotional you get, the less your brain is engaged in logic and just plain old thinking when we're upset and if you think about this on your own do you listen to facts no not, not, not me not so good because a lot of because when pure emotion rules 
you're, you regress. You're back to childhood. A child does not think about facts. They want what they want when they want it. And they demand stuff. Even stuff that may be bad for them. That's why it is so important for churches to grow mature believers. I'm going to say that again. It is absolutely, especially nowadays, super important to grow mature believers. And I don't mean old believers. Old believers can be immature. There's plenty of them. And young believers can be mature. There's plenty of them. I'm talking about believers who are mature in God, in the Spirit. Because when you are, you know how to use God's resources. And He can help calm the storm. When Jesus calmed the storm on the lake of Galilee, when the apostles and him were out in the boat, he can do the same thing to us on the inside. Jesus can calm the storm because he is the ultimate. But we have to be able to let him. You have to be willing to do that. You have to be wanting to. To reach for maturity. And remember, again, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less about yourself, as far as time goes, and more about God and other people. So, if you've been called a snowflake, and believe me, in, in the day, I would have been called one. Uh, in certain times in my life, that description fit me. I don't think now. But that's been a very long and hard road to get to where I'm at. And God's still working with me. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. So... If you have complications with that, ask God to help you. And please, let the people in your church, your pastor and your ministers and your, your worship leaders and everyone, help them help you get more mature in the Word, in outreach, and in prayer, and in fellowship. Super important. If you'll do that, then maybe you'll find that on the other side of that, that God got you emotionally intelligent. Think about that. Think about that. So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you. And always encourage you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.